Welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Introducing first, fighting out of the neutral corner, the undisputed, undefeated, baddest boxing podcast on the planet! And now, your host, Eric Rambo! All right, welcome to this special edition of the baddest boxing podcast on the planet, a.k.a. the king of boxing podcasts. Well, guys, the weekend's finally upon us. It's September 14th, Friday, 24 hours from now. The undercard will start for Triple G, Canelo 2. I hope you're stoked. I'm pretty excited. I cannot wait. Uh, Guys, I just happened to catch the live weigh-in and uh, seeing the reaction from both camps. Definitely has me excited. Should have you excited as well. Both fighters came in underneath the uh, the middleweight weight, so we're ready to go. Both of them. Now I stand corrected. My last episode, I had made a comment about Triple G looking a little soft in the midsection. Um, I stand corrected. He looks fit and trim. Um, obviously, as we know, they do uh, they do kind of drain their bodies pretty well for these uh, for these weigh-ins. So probably a little dehydrated, but he looked very fit and trim. Um, and Canelo Alvarez looked uh, phenomenal as well. Both of them, excellent shape. Canelo looks fit and trim. He does look a little bit, a little bit leaner. Uh, actually, a lot leaner in the midsection right now. But again, that could be due to dehydration. We'll see how they, uh, you know, they rehydrate and come to the ring tomorrow night. But first and foremost, uh, both look ready to go. They both look uh, eager to get this started. And I'll discuss my interpretation of the uh, weigh-in and the. The events that went on during the weigh-in in a few seconds here. But first, since this is a, <clears throat> a, a follow-on episode from last week, even though I'm doing this as a quick uh, quick special edition episode, i.e. it won't be as long as my last episodes or, or my previous episodes, just kind of a quick snapshot for you guys. Um, let you know what my, stu- my uh, interpretation was of the weigh-in, what I think is going to happen tomorrow night. But first and foremost, I just want to talk about the Danny Garcia, Sean Porter fight and the Kaneki Charles Martin fight. And I know I can I cannot pronounce uh Kanaki. Kanaki, I believe his name is. Um and Charles Martin fight. But uh, I'll try my best to to pronounce that name correctly. Um uh, but first and foremost, um I had said that I thought that there was no way that Sean Porter could really get past Andy Garcia's boxing skills. And I, I stand corrected. Now I will say I think I had that fight probably a draw at the end of it, I thought I thought it was close enough to where it could be a draw. Um, but much credit to Sean Porter. I'll tell you what, his ability to change his style up, and I know I think it was like the first three, four rounds, he was kind of fighting from the outside trying to box Danny Garcia, and it wasn't really working. I think Danny Garcia was getting the better of him. His team made the call. He went back to his style of fighting that works specifically for him and was able to, I believe, um, you know, kind of gained the upper hand on a, on a lot of rounds. And I think that's what allowed him to win that fight. So much credit to him, much credit to his team. Um, still a, a definitely, no, well, now he's a champion, but he's definitely a, a name champion, deserving champion of the belt. Uh, as I said in my last episode, both of these guys, um, 
and this mostly goes out to Danny Garcia. I hope he's not holding his head, you know, hanging his head too low because he's still a viable name in the middleweight division. Uh, excuse me, in the welterweight division, rather, sorry. And he can still make an impact, and he still can beat a lot of people in that division. So I, I think, you know, both him and Sean Porter are winners in this. Um, I think that now, believe it or not, Danny Garcia may be lined up to take on Crawford or Spence. Or, you know, if Pacquiao takes the, the leap or something like that. Um, you know, he's still able to, to, and he's still young enough to make an impact in the division. Uh, I don't know if he's going to continue to make an impact in the division. However, he's still, um, you know, a viable contender for any one of these champions. And any one of these fellow contenders, he can still hang. Sean Porter, where does he go from here? Um, once again, much credit to that win. Very impressive. He did it against a quality opponent. Um I guess Spence is uh, calling him out, or post fight he looked like he looked like he was calling him out. But I, I don't know with Spence right now. He seems to want to be calling out Crawford. Um, but this is probably a topic for a different episode. The post fight interview that I saw with Crawf- with Spence, Spence was calling out Crawford, saying you haven't fought anybody. But I kind of feel that way about Spence too as well. So maybe it's good if both of them get together and handle each other, and then start taking on some of the uh, quote-unquote old heads of the division, i.e., you know, Porter, Thurman. But really, ultimately, the litmus test, I think, in the Walter Wheat division, it's Thurman. Without a doubt, it's Thurman. I don't care if he doesn't have that many fans anymore out there. You cannot negate what that man has done in the Walter Wheat division in his short time as a champion. Um, and he's still, if you ask me, he's still the man in that division until... Somebody comes in there and proves otherwise. Now, yes, he has flaws, yes, but what you cannot say about Thurman, he has fought everybody that has been in that division up to this point. People that deserve to get in front of him. I'm not so sure that Spence and and Crawford are in that same boat right now. I would say they need to fight each other, maybe fight some of the upper-tier contenders, maybe Danny Garcia, now that he is technically not a champion anymore. Maybe maybe he'd be an interesting candidate for one of those two to fight. And then let's see if uh, you know who Thurman, who who's willing to take on Thurman at that point. But I think Thurman's a very dangerous fight for anybody in that division. I think Porter's a dangerous fight for anybody in that division. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see where that welterweight division goes from here. And uh, again, probably the most talented division in boxing right now. Uh, but either way, as fans, we win regardless. Uh, moving on. So I just want to talk about this Konecki Charles Martin fight. I had said that I was curious to see um, how he looks. And I know there was a lot of talk about him and how he looks on social media, you know, fellow fans curious about what he can do if he's, if he's the real deal or not. I'll tell you, I ended up walking away from that fight more impressed by Charles Martin, even though I, I did throw some shade at Charles Martin in my, my previous episode saying he looked horrible against Joshua Again, in the fight that he won his belt, he didn't look the best. And it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to you know, digress from saying what I said. I mean, it's the truth. He didn't look that good. He definitely didn't look that good against Joshua. And Joshua definitely didn't help make him look good at all. But Charles Martin showed some heart. He showed some stamina, which both were in question. He showed a chin. Um, and he looked he looked pretty good. Even though Kanaki did enough to, to pull the you know, get the W, um, and he, he did look the better of the two, but, um, for a kid that's supposed to be an up and comer in a heavyweight division, 
he didn't really finish this uh, gatekeeper, if you want to call him that, or journeyman now, if you want to call him that, um, in Charles Martin. I, I figured an up-and-comer with that much pop, good boxing skills, should have been able to uh, handle Martin pretty well. And, he, you know, he, he was, as the fight wore on, you could see Konecki was having a hard time with uh, the size. You know, Martin is a big dude, you know, 6'5". I think he's like 240, something like that, 235. So it's a big guy putting a lot of pressure on another big guy. Uh, physical pressure, a lot of, uh, towards the end of the fight, late middle to late rounds, putting a lot of weight on Konecki, pinning him in the corner, not allowing him to move around and use those skills, um, you know, really paid a detriment, I think, in, in the performance for Konecki. But regardless, both fights look good. Uh, good exposure for both of them. Um, again, I think Martin had fought one time after the Joshua, the devastating loss to Joshua. Uh, so this was, again, a little ring rust. But he looked good once he knocked it off. You know, he looked uh, he looked like he belonged there. At first, he, you know, he looked like he was having a little hard time with uh, Konecki. And I, I think a lot of people can question Martin's heart up until that point. But I don't think you can anymore. Again, if this kid Konecki is for real. Um, I had made the comment on social media that um, a, a fellow uh, commenter had, had, had uh, said something on twi- Twitter, 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 that, uh, you know, we got to see if this guy is, I wonder if this guy's for real. And I, I made the comment to him. I said, you know what, if he can dispatch Martin in three to five rounds, then we know he's on the verge of becoming real because obviously Joshua handled Martin with ease, with very, you know, he had a very easy time with, uh, with Martin. So if Konecki wants to be considered, you know, the upper elite of the division, or he thinks he's moving on that way to the upper deleted upper elite of the division, he needs to basically dispatch in the same fashion. Charles Martin, that is, he didn't do that. I'm not saying that, that means that he's any less than what he is. However, maybe he's not, you know, maybe not as good as maybe he's being hyped up to be. However, he's still young. He even admitted after the fight that he needs one or two more fights to continue, you know, to progress and, and get better. But uh, I will say this. The kid can take a shot, too. I mean, he doesn't mind getting hit. Um, he's a tough kid. Actually, he is pretty pretty damn tough. Uh you know, he was taking some he was taking some pops from uh, Martin once Martin got warmed up and was actually willing to throw. Um, he was he was taking some shots. He was he was dishing them out too. But you could see towards the end of the fight, he was getting winded. Now, of course, with big heavyweights, both high octane, uh, high output heavyweights, eventually they're going to start wearing down. And and you know, as I stated in my last episode, um, Konecki does look a little soft. Even though he said, you know, I, I love, I think he said, you know, this isn't a bodybuilding contest, this is boxing. So it definitely makes sense. I understand. It doesn't really matter how well you physically you look in a ring, but how well you look performing in the fistic arts is what makes your makes money for you. So good on him. Good on Charles Martin. And uh, we'll see where they those two go for, from here. Uh, but besides that, again, good fight card. The Danny Garcia fight. Sean Porter fight. Take a look at it. See what you guys think. If um, now I, I could definitely see where you know I, I stated earlier that um, I believed it was a draw. At least that's that's how I looked at it. Um, I could see where definitely the rounds. There was some rounds that went both ways. Um, definitely as Porter, 
I think as Porter got a little bit more comfortable, his aggressive style started coming back out. He started throwing a lot more punches. I think that's what really caused him to get the decision for those individual rounds. I will say this, um, you know, they basically landed the same amount of punches with Porter, I think, throwing 200 more punches. So that kind of tells you his accuracy was way off. And it gives credit to Danny Jacob, uh, Danny Garcia's um, defense, if you will, because he was able to make Sean Porter miss a lot. However, just I guess that sheer volume and the aggressive nature of um, Porter's adjusted style as the fight wore on catered more so to the judges, and I think it gave them, you know, it gave it gave them the edge to give him the round, the you know, the ten nine round. And not only that, let's be honest. I mean, Porter's style makes it very difficult for any fighters. Even even uh, Thurman had a had a difficult time with Porter because of his style. Danny Garcia, same thing. I mean, it, it, his style does not make it. If you if you don't have tremendous power or tremendous length and power where you could keep him off you, it's very hard to look good against Sean Porter. That is his. Uh, that is his standout skill, I would say. He, his ability to get in on you and just, even though he's a smaller guy in stature, just to make it uncomfortable for you where you can't find your range, where you can't move around the ring freely, because the man is such an athlete, he's able to impose himself upon you. And uh, even though he may not have the power pound for pound per se, he's, his ability to cut off the ring and, and put that little body on you, make you uncomfortable and hit you, put his head on you and hit you behind the head, put, put his head on your, your, the bridge of your nose or under your eye socket and just make it rough for you to, 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 to work your game plan is an advantage for him. So there, I think that's what really caused him to get the win and everything like that. But good fight. I, I, I could see Danny Garcia was a little bit, uh, he looked a little deflated after, after the fight. Um, I, you know, of course, I mean, you take an L anytime you're going to feel that way. But again, good fight, great fight. Uh, as fans, I guess you know it's great to see these uh, these two champions get in a ring um, and uh, get it on. You know, getting back to the here and now. Uh, once again, in 24 hours, the uh, the undercard will start for Triple G Canelo two, and it looks to be a pretty exciting fight card. I mean, uh, first and foremost, you got Ch- Chocolatito taking on uh, Fuentes. Uh, you got David Lemieux taking on Gary Spike O'Sullivan, uh, two exciting middleweight fighters. Uh, Spike O'Sullivan has definitely, his stock has definitely risen in the middleweight division. Uh, haven't heard of him until like three, four fights ago, but uh, he's definitely he's definitely uh, making a name for himself. And we'll talk about him in a second with his, uh, <laughs> with his, with his square off with... Uh, David Lemieux. Then we got uh, Manguia versus uh, Brandon Cook for the WBO Junior Middleweight Championship, which should be good. Jaime Manguia, uh, if you haven't seen him fight before, he's a real young kid, real good for the sport, um, looks very enthusiastic to fight, uh, good skill set, definitely should be a good fight. Uh, Brandon Cook, I, I think he's, I think he may be a sacrificial lamb for Manguia. However, uh, we'll see. I don't want to discredit him. I haven't seen him too much. I haven't, I haven't seen any of his fights to be quite honest with you he looks like he's in good shape looks like he's ready to go however uh i think manguia is just too big um and too skilled for him and uh, i will say this i like manguia he looks like a good kid for the sport um very uh very enthusiastic very humble that's the word i'm looking for very humble uh very hungry too as, as well the double h is right there 
Uh, so we'll see. We'll see with him. And then of course, uh, Triple G Canelo uh, two for uh, for Triple G's belts. And um, first and foremost, uh, nothing nothing really brewing with uh, Roman Gonzalez and Moises Fuentes. Uh, pretty you know, gentlemen of the game. Uh, pretty pretty uh, laid back. Pretty relaxed during the way in. David Lemieux and uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan. This got a little heated, actually. Uh, for whatever reason, O'Sullivan does not like Lemieux at all. And uh, I think yesterday at the press conference, O'Sullivan was talking crap out the uh, – woof. He, he was talking some crap about Lemieux. And uh, Lemieux really wasn't really buying into it at all. Today at the weigh-in, um, they got a little over-aggressive with each other uh, with, with O'Sullivan being the uh, – the aggressor of the two, basically saying, "Hey, I'm gonna knock him. I'm gonna knock him the heck out." So we shall see if he can put the money where his mouth is. Uh, both of these guys, you know, I want to say Sullivan. O'Sullivan is he's got 20 knockouts to his name. I think he's 24 and two with 20 knockouts. Lemieux, obviously, we know he's got. I think he's. I think he's got 33 knockouts. Both of these guys can pop. Um, to be quite honest with you. Up until this point, now, Spike O'Sullivan looked like he was in tremendous shape at the weigh-in. Uh, Lemieux, I've seen this before with Lemieux, though. He looked a little um, gaunt, like a little little bit more frail than what I'm used to. But I, I have seen that once before with him, too, as well, uh, where he looks like he maybe struggled a little much to, to slim down and get under 160. But he looked good, too, as well. But, but O'Sullivan really looked... Uh, he looked fit and trim, so we'll see. But David Lemieux definitely has some pop. Uh, I believe he has the edge and power to O'Sullivan. I don't think O'Sullivan has seen anybody that has as much pop as Lemieux. However, comma, I think David Lemieux, o- O'Sullivan may be right in saying that, you know, I'm on my way up and he's on his way down. Just depends on what level of where. That, that falls on a scale for David Lemieux if he is truly on his way down or not. Um, but they always say the last thing to go on a puncher is the, is the punch. So I don't know if if pissing off Lemieux is the best thing for Sullivan to do unless he can stand his ground and really take what Lemieux has. I just – I I maybe – I don't know. I like O'Sullivan. From what I've seen, he seems pretty impressive. I just I don't know. I mean, Lemieux in my eyes is still a warrior, still a killer. Uh, so Sullivan may be biting off a little more than he could chew, I think. But I'm excited to see that one for sure. To see if O'Sullivan is for real, probably is a better better way to look at it. We know what Lemieux is. Um, just depends on how far down that killer scale he's fell. Um, if he has fallen at all, really, you know. I mean, we're judging that based off his performance with, you know, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, but. Again, you know, he's still he's still got some pop. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, O'Sullivan's game plan is for that fight. We'll see if he brings it, and we'll see if David Lemieux brings it. And hopefully they look – hopefully Lemieux looks a little better after he rehydrates and, and pluses up and wait a little bit. Now, um, with regards to Manguia Cook, uh, nothing really to say about that. I know it's going to be a good fight. I would say Manguia is the favorite in that fight. I think he's going to prove that, you know, he – He's still going to retain his title. Uh, he just looks so much bigger than Cook. And, uh, again, I don't know too much about Brandon Cook. Um, however, you know, he is challenging for a title. We'll see what his heart brings to that table. But I, I, 
We'll see what his heart brings to the ring, rather. But I, I project a Manguia victory. Um, I don't. I would think it's going to be stopped short. But again, I don't know that much about Cook. But I, I think definitely, you know, you can bank on Manguia winning that fight. I, I personally believe. But best of luck to Cook. He seems like a gentleman as well. Uh, very humble as well as Manguia. Two two stand up guys getting in the ring with each other, uh, looking to bang at the belt. Um, now, as far as <laughs> as far as Triple G Canelo, well, it got a little bit. Man, it got a little heated at the at the weigh-in, uh, specifically with uh, Canelo. I, I, you know, it was weird. Um, at first, they announced. Triple G, excuse me, they announced Canelo to weigh in first, and he just sat on his chair. And then his team went over and, and told, uh, I think it's Jose Ortiz, and said, no, 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 you need to reannounce Triple G is coming up to the scale. I was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of a weird move right there. You know, Triple G is the champ. You know, generally, you know, the challenger enters the ring first and the champ comes second. You would think the same thing applies in the, in the, uh, the weigh-ins. Uh, but, oh, well. So anyway, they weighed in. Everything's kind of kosher at that point. Then all of a sudden, you know, uh, they they come to face off or whatever. And uh, yeah, so so Canelo kind of runs up there and uh, you know puts his forehead right on Triple G's face. And I was like, damn, Canelo, Canelo's stepping out a little bit, getting a little aggressive. Then of course, you know, Triple G. I don't think he's one to really uh talk smack at all really uh in those type of situations i don't think he's <laughs> i don't think he's prepared for that stuff but abel sanchez definitely wasn't one to uh stand there and take that and he kind of got himself in the middle of the two and pushed his way in there and got kind of pushed around a little bit by canelo's team and Can- canelo's team was a little bit aggressive in that uh in that aspect but um we'll see but as far as both fighters i think triple g Triple G did get a little aggressive with his uh, verbal judo, if you will, you know, by by saying, uh, you know, hey, he's 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 a showman, he's a clown. I was like, damn, okay, you know, Canelo Canelo's pretty damn skilled, but okay. But uh, Canelo didn't really talk smack when they were interviewing him post uh, face off, so we'll see. But he did seem pretty damn aggressive, pretty pissed. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, he does seem a little leaner. Um, but again, he was, he was about the same weight as last fight, but he just doesn't look as bulky. But again, we'll see once he rehydrates and those muscles hydrate up and fill back up, we'll see if he looks the same in the ring or not. Um, again, I I will say this once again, I'm sure Triple G doesn't listen to this podcast, but I did say he looked a little soft around the midsection my last episode, or maybe the episode prior. Uh, I take that all back. Looks solid. Um, looks ready to go. I'm sure he'll, you know, actually he looks better in this weigh-in than he did in the last weigh-in. I, I will say that. He looks a little bit more fit, I guess. I, I don't know. So hopefully whatever they did in camp. But bottom line is this. We want both of these guys to be in tip-top shape so that they provide the fans, the boxing community, the boxing world, the judges, exactly what they need to make an adult, educated decision for the right person at the right time. That's what we're looking for. Hopefully that's what we get tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, I hope you're looking forward to it. Uh, I hope you have the ability to watch this fight. I'm sure, um, you know, stay stay tuned to social media. I'm sure there'll be some outlets out there that are, that are streaming this live. Um, you have some, some diehard boxing fans that are willing to put it out there. If I have the ability to do so, I will. Um, with that being said, please go ahead and uh, 
Follow us on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Baddest Boxing Podcast. Look for us on both those forums. Um, if you have questions for the show, um, oh, I do have one final question. Who? What's my prediction for all the fights tomorrow night? Uh, okay, here's here it goes. Um, I think Gonzalez takes the first fight. I think it goes to decision. I think Gonzalez is kind of damaged goods from his last fights, but I think he could beat Fuentes. Um, so I think it goes the full distance. Gonzalez wins on points. David Lemieux, Gary O'Sell, Spike O'Sullivan, um, top middleweight contenders. Lemieux, former champ. Uh, O'Sullivan is the Irish middleweight champ and like the WBO rainbow champ, international champ or something like that. Not to degrade it, but there's so many damn belts in boxing right now. It's like, it's confusing. Uh, Lemieux, I'm going... Uh, I'm going to step out. I'm going to be extreme, and I, I'll correct myself next time if uh, if I'm wrong. I'm going to say Lemieux within six. Uh, I don't think O'Sullivan has met his his power yet, and I don't know if he has a chin to withstand Lemieux's, Lemieux's power, to be honest with you. I like Spike O'Sullivan. I hope he can do it. Um, I like his enthusiasm. I would love I would love to see Spike O'Sullivan knock out David Lemieux. That would be... Uh, phenomenal. But I guarantee you with this fight, what we're getting for both these guys, they are both fighters that constantly move forward. They constantly don't care if they get hit. They constantly want to throw punches. So the chances of this fight ending soon before the distance, very good. I think the edge, based off the resume, based off the experience, has to go to David Lemieux. David Lemieux within six. Manguia, Brandon Cook, clean fight, uh, technical fight, I think Lemieux, uh, Manguia's power overwhelms Cook. I say Manguia within five rounds. Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, this one is a toss-up. Um, I think based off what I've seen at the weigh-in today, I think Golovkin looks like he's ready to go. I think he's pissed off enough. I think his team is pissed off enough to prove a point against Canelo and his team. I think they prepped him. I think he's ready to go. I think... Uh, I think Golovkin by decision. I think a uh, unanimous decision, uh, potential, uh, I would say potential knockout, but I've never seen Canelo besides, uh, I want to say, Jose Cotto, who really, that's the one and only time I really remember him getting rocked. Uh, Lara gave him some some fits in his fight, but I I don't know. I I don't think Triple G, you know, Canelo's got a granite chin as well. Man, I would love to see a Triple G knockout of Canelo. Not because I'm that much of a fan more so than Canelo. I think that it would be – because I do believe he won the last fight. I do believe it kind of – both this followed up with the um, Jacobs fight kind of damaged his legacy a little bit. And I think at this point he doesn't have that much – quality time left in the middleweight division or in his boxing career because from this point on no matter how hard you train age does play a role in the next couple years you're not going to be as good as a couple years previously so I think for his legacy he needs to beat Canelo he needs Canelo he needs to beat Canelo in, in dramatic fashion by dramatically you know wiping each round clean or you know taking each round from Canelo however he does possess the power to knock Canelo out. Canelo possesses some power and could knock Triple G out as well. Um, but I'm picking, I'm standing my ground with this. I'm going uh, Triple G 
unanimous. Uh, I'm going triple G unanimous decision, uh, full 12 rounds. Um, but regardless, we're in for a great fight card. We're in for some great fights. Please stay tuned. Stay tuned. However you can watch it, this is definitely a fight card that you guys might want to see. I don't know if it's worth it for some of you to pay the amount of money that they're asking for it. But as I always say, where there's a will, there's a way. You may be able to find a stream online. Um, you may be able to look at your social media, who you follow on social media, and there may be a live stream out there for you. But either way, try to make some time tomorrow night. Catch this fight. Guys, I hope you enjoy. It's been a pleasure once again. Um, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of the uh, Baddest Boxing Podcast on the planet. Go ahead. Please follow us once again on Twitter, Instagram, Baddest Boxing Podcast. You can email the podcast at baddestboxingpodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, comments you want to leave, please go ahead and do so. And I think that is about it. Oh, and if you like the podcast, if you truly like the podcast, or even if you don't like the podcast, leave me some reviews on on uh, iTunes podcast. Uh, for those of you, just want to give a shout out for those of you that listen to us on Spotify. Thank you so much. Uh, that's definitely given us some, some ground. The more people that listen on all these different uh, vehicles that we put this podcast on, it gets out to more and more people. So those of you that listen on Google Play or Google Podcast, thank you so much. I'm getting a lot of uh, feedback from people who listen via Spotify. Thank you. Thank you again. For those of you on Apple iTunes Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, thank you so much. Um, if you can, please drop me some stars on, on Apple Podcasts. I'd greatly appreciate it. Guys, take care, enjoy the fights, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the baddest boxing podcast on the planet. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter for future episodes and updates.